We've spoken a little bit about faith. Faith is an important aspect with regard to our development. It's one of the key characteristics of stream entry, so the first level of enlightenment. where one has the unshakable faith in the Buddha, the fact that it is possible to awaken, that awakening occurs, and the Dhamma, the truth of the way things actually are, and the Sangha of enlightened beings So one of the ways in which people develop faith in the triple gem is by reflecting on the qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. So I'd like you to settle into your meditation Assume a posture that's comfortable where you can be alert and relaxed. And take a few long breaths. And settle in. I'd like you to invite an image of the Buddha to appear in your mind's eye. The Tathagata. One who has thus come or gone. Pure, perfectly enlightened one. And the scriptures tell us that he was tall and handsome, noble. Imagine him there, right, right before you. This is the enlightened one. Radiant. He's impeccable in conduct, perfectly virtuous, 
with unlimited compassion and kindness. And he has complete understanding. He's accomplished and knows all the worlds. He's seen all the worlds. And all all of his past lives back through eons of expansion and contraction. How living beings come to be based on their kama. What a depth of wisdom. He trains perfectly those who wish to be trained. And somehow, by some mechanism that I don't understand, he can still do that. When we wish to be trained, the training comes. following the guidance he's left us. He teaches devas and humans. Devas would come in the middle of the night to speak to the Blessed One. to listen to his Dhamma. He's fully awake and holy. He's guided so many people. The scriptures are filled with stories. Stories like yours and mine. Yet thousands of disciples awakening
He taught the Dhamma that's good in the beginning, good in the middle, and good in the end. Notice how it feels to reflect on these qualities, to take that in. And this Dhamma that he taught is what he discovered. It already existed. true and profound and hard to see, subtle. That Dhamma is apparent here and now. It's always right here. right now. And it's timeless. The Dhamma doesn't change. Just as true and available now as it was when the Buddha discovered it more than 2,500 years ago. And I also think it's timeless because it's beyond time. We may discover somewhere along the way in our practice that Time is a mere convention. But the Dhamma is always there, regardless of time. It encourages our investigation because we need to look deeply to see it or maybe shift to look in a different way. 
but it encourages us, invites us to investigate, to come to know it for ourselves. It leads us inwards to fully understand and onwards in our growth, in our development. Because it can only be known by each of us individually with wisdom. The Buddha can point the way. He so completely, clearly expounded this Dhamma, but we have to discover it again for ourselves. When we contemplate the Dhamma, and the qualities of Dhamma, we can ask ourselves where the edges are of our own knowledge and experience. With an enthusiasm and anticipation to explore those edges and move in more deeply to experience it. And then we have the Sangha, the awakened Sangha. The disciples of the Buddha who have practiced well, who have gone deep inside and seen the truth. Directly for themselves. With insight. And unbroken integrity. There are eight kinds of such noble beings. Four that are traveling the path to the next attainment or realization and four fruits of the path or levels. Stream entry. where one gains that solid faith and an understanding that this body is not self. That these aspects that we would think of as us cannot be. where we've let go of 
believing that any kind of ritualized action is going to keep us safe or wake us up. But instead, depending upon the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and the training that comes from the Dhamma, stream entry, and then once returning one more lifetime to complete the awakening process. And non-returning, being reborn in the pure abodes where the final awakening happens never to come back to human life. And finally, the Arahants, where all greed, hatred, and delusion are uprooted, where there's no more, no more chance for defilements to enter. These noble beings are worthy of support. And there is great goodness that comes from offering to them, offering their basic needs, housing them, looking after them, and experiencing the glow of their realizations. The flow of their kindness and generosity. They're worthy of our respect and create a field of goodness within which we can grow much more easily. And this is not dependent upon time and space, but rather upon the openness of our hearts our interest, our curiosity, our willingness to trust, our experiments in trust, so that we can know more and more for ourselves what's actually wholesome and good and awakened. We take refuge 
in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha because they're solid, unwavering, trustworthy. And we pay respect because they're worthy of respect. But this is something, too, that we must discover for ourselves, reflecting upon these qualities. Learning and coming into contact with these qualities, characteristics, abilities again and again through study and through our own practice and meeting realized beings. We can imagine some of the arahants of the Buddha's time. We can learn about their teachings. We can be inspired by their efforts and emulate them. When we take eight precepts and we keep that for a day or a week, we're living like the Arahants. When we keep the five precepts, we are following the guidance of the Buddha in a way that purifies our life. and brings us in tune with the awakened mind. These qualities are chanted every day in the monasteries. To remind us the images, the statues, there to remind us that this is, this is the awakened mind that we all have access to that exists in us. This ability to be virtuous, this ability to know the truth, this ability to wake up, this ability to develop boundless love, compassion, 
joy in the goodness of others. And equanimity, peace. That we can taste it every day and follow in the footsteps of the Buddha. and his disciples from his time right down through to ours. We can cultivate these qualities in ourselves. And we can observe the positive changes in our lives as we do. A hundred thousand little choices that we make move us ever closer to awakening. It's really up to us. And it's never too late. So hold the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha in your heart. Look to the Triple Gem for guidance and support. And love yourself. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.